Hey friends, this is Rick Lee James. I am so glad that you are listening to this podcast today, and I want to ask a favor of you. You know, this podcast is free, and it's always going to be free, but we do have a lot of costs around here. Not only making podcasts, but making new music, paying for production costs, website fees, hosting fees, doing research, marketing, materials, and so much more. And you can help us with that if you visit patreon.com slash James, where for as little as a dollar a month or even a one-time donation, you can help me to continue doing the work that I'm doing. It would mean so much, and it takes such a very little amount of your time. So if you have a chance, go to patreon.com slash James and thank you in advance for any help that you can give. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I'd like to host my own podcast? Well, guess what? You can go to podbean.com slash voices and get everything you need to create, manage, and promote your podcast. I use Podbean every week for voices in my head. There's easy uploading and publishing tools, stunning templates, custom domains, social and promotional tools, an embeddable podcast player, monetization tools, and more. It is your all-in-one podcasting solution. With Podbean, you can create professional podcasts in minutes without any programming knowledge. Best of all, everything is mobile-ready right from the start. So go to podbean.com voices. And when you sign up, use the code VOICES and you'll get a sizable discount. Podbean, for your home podcasting. Thank you for listening to Voices in My Head. Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, a songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more with friends, colleagues, and sometimes just by myself. Now make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes or by tweeting at me at Rick Lee James on Twitter. And please join my mailing list at rickleejames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. And by the way, in case you're interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at Mr. Rogers Say, where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the voices in my head. Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of Voices in My Head. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I'm your host, Rick Lee James, and I'm so glad that you're here with us again this week. Since his official debut, Bigger Than Me, in 2008, Joel Vaughn has become one of Christian Hit Radio's most consistent performers. His hit singles have included 2019's I Look Look To You, which reached number three on Billboard's Christian Hot AC recurrent chart, as well as Wide Awake, As You Are, Pray It Up, and More Than Good Enough. He has garnered more than 10 million streams and opened shows for Hillsong, Young and Free, The Afters, Remedy Drive, and Brandon Heath, among others. In 2018, he appeared and performed in the Pure Flix feature film, God's Not Dead 3, A Light in the Darkness, one of the most successful Christian film franchises of all time. 
Well now, Joel is back with Louder Than the Lies, a new four-track collection of songs. It features the infectious pop melodies, R&B-tinged vocals, and hope-filled lyrics the artist has become known for. In addition, the set also includes two bonus videos. He currently serves as worship leader at Victory Baptist Church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, where he and his family reside. We're going to start the show today by listening to Joel's current hit single, Already Done. So let's give that a listen right now. Got your hopes up, but won't let your guard down. I know you trust him, and I know it's hard to walk it out. But when he leads you, he'll always see it through. So you can run right at your mountain, like it's already Impossible things Where his faithfulness can shine He'll never leave you So when he says he promises You know he's coming through You can run right at your mountain Like it's already gonna lead you always gonna be the one working all things out he's never gonna leave you never gonna let you go never let you down he's always gonna lead you always gonna be the one working all things out so you can run right at your mountain like it's already Oh, 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 
And that was already done by my guest today, Joel Vaughn, who is here with us tonight for a podcast visit. Joel, welcome to Voices in My Head. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so glad to to have you here uh, for this conversation tonight, and I want to start by saying congratulations on the release of Louder Than Lies. Uh, I've been enjoying not only listening to the songs, but the new music video for Already Done, the song that we just heard, is really great too. And since this is an audio show and I can't play the music video, I wonder if you could tell us about the music video and the idea to tell the narrative using interpretive dance, because it's a really cool concept when you're watching it yeah so when we wrote the song uh, uh, it was me and two other friends and uh, they had brought this idea to me about uh, you know overcoming giants in your life and and looking at certain aspects of life like like their mountains and, and things that are just in your way like everybody can relate I think this year for sure about uh, situations that seem like mountains that we can't get around uh, or overcome or just like Goliaths, uh, you know, laughing in our face. And so telling us that we can't uh, overcome something. And so uh, as after we wrote it and I listened to it, like the song literally gave me chills. I was like, wow, this, this is speaking to me hmm. because personally for me, um, I, I, I have a record deal that's structured in such a way that I have to pay for the production of my records. And normally that's not a problem because I'm touring, I'm out on the road, but then the virus hits and waves of shutdowns begin to happen and all of my tour dates just completely collapsed, right? And so like, I had had no tour dates and I was like, well, how are we gonna do this? And so uh, while this was happening, uh, we start writing this song and it becomes my anthem. And I was like, you know, if, if God gave me this gift, if he, uh, has allowed me to, to do this this far in my life, if he can remove the mountains in my way, if he says he can do it, I'm just going to take him at his word and believe him that he can do it, you know? And so this song, uh, already done kind of became my anthem. I was like, I'm just going to trust God. I, I don't know. If this is if this is his will for me to continue to share the gospel through music, then he's going to make it happen, and I don't need to worry about it, right? Hmm. And so uh, that's that's kind of what I what I prayed for him, and I leaned into it, and we got the song out, and I started talking to my friend Joey uh, Jacob, and uh, he he directed the video, edited, it, shot it. He's a multi talented guy. Um, and I told him, I was like, I, I kind of want to do something different, but I, I don't really know what to do. And we didn't want to do something that tends to lend on the stereotypical side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I got off the phone with him and he was like, I'm, I'm going to come up with some ideas. So I can't take credit for everything. He calls me back uh, a couple days later. He's like, hey, so what if we did this? And we started talking about dance and ballet. And I was like, you know, I, I would love to do something that's out of the box uh, that I've never seen before with, with a song like this, because it's an up-tempo song and you don't yeah. expect ballet or something like that. And so we got to talking about it and uh, he was like, what, what if, you know, they, they uh, designed a dance that was interpretive of overcoming mountains and other things in your life uh, and like what that would look like in the form of dance. And I was like, yes, I'm intrigued. And so... We called out to uh, these ballet dancers. One was a, 
uh, a teacher and the other is a student. And they, uh, they agreed and they loved the idea, caught the vision for it. And we just ran with it. Uh-huh. And, uh, we did our part and they, and they did their part. We put them together and I watched it and I was just like, wow, this is, this seems like a fresh idea that I, that I haven't personally seen before. And I, I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't know what it looks like from the outside world, but I don't know anything about interpretive dance at all. But it was cool to see someone else's gifts being used to communicate the gospel beyond just my words and the music. And that was kind of my heart behind it, to have something out there that was fresh and and different and new that people could see something, uh, some other type of artwork that, uh, that, you know, that people could worship God through. So, yeah. Well, and it's it's really neat when you're watching because the the real dance you know doesn't start till the chorus, and because at first yeah. I'm wondering, hey, is there's a girl you know she's kind of standing on this rock, and you're wondering what's happening in the video, and then when the <laughs> dance when the dance starts, I, I I immediately get scared because I'm a little bit scared of heights, and I think, oh no, don't fall off the <laughs> yeah, don't fall off and, that and rock. It was, it's a beautiful scene, but wow, it's a, it is. It's and it's it's up there. Uh, the, the director sent me a text message, and he said, I. He said, by the way, I didn't include this last time, but I think we may need to include some hazard pay. And he took a shot, and it was about 300 feet down from oh. where he was standing. <laughs> wow, my goodness. <laughs> so, I was like, I texted it back. I said, thank you so much. Please don't uh, fall. Yeah, Get away please, from that ledge. <laughs> please don't fall off the ledge. But it, but it really makes it an effective shot for the video, too. So it was, I'm, glad, I'm glad they were able to achieve it safely, for sure. Uh, that was but, not my idea. That was their idea. I'll just say that that wow uh, well but yeah. you know it, it adds sort of to the imagery of a mountain and and giving mm-hmm. that that setting it was just it was great it was it was a wonderful video to watch and you're right I, the it adds something to be able to see uh someone else kind of interpreting your art and the the way that they did it through dance is not something you often um get to see in that way so i was really glad to have a chance to see the video uh, after hearing the song because i just thought it added a lot to it it really did what well you know let's let's talk a little bit about um about writing songs if you don't mind because i'm a songwriter too and i enjoy writing and um and i too had to you know i i wasn't touring quite as much as you were but you know covid hit and everything stopped um and i'm always interested to to find out what other other artists and songwriters are doing uh especially during you know like pandemic time (laughs) where we are now and uh, you know many of us are leading worship in our local churches and it seems like our job has just gotten even more incredibly busy at the local church level just because there's so much more to do with um whether it be you know trying to find a way to do online services or you know services in the parking lot or ways to to do things safely during pandemics and then still to try to write songs so I thought it might be fun maybe this evening to to talk a little bit about um the struggle that goes on when you're when you're writing songs just anytime maybe during covid but also just just anytime and yeah. uh just sort of a, a songwriter to songwriter discussion for a few minutes and I wonder because you have written a lot of songs that have really found an audience and I wonder 
and and I I almost can predict the answer because every writer I talk to I feel like has the same answer in some ways. <laughs> but um, do you still find yourself wrestling with doubts as a songwriter, even though you've written a number of them and and you know they found an audience and and you you've established yourself as who you are? Do you still ever find yourself though uh, struggling with doubts as a writer? Yeah. Well, some days I pinch myself like today and I, I get good news from my record label saying the song has moved up to so-and-so on a chart. You've never charted this high before. Wow. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then and then other days I have imposter syndrome and yeah. think, who am I to even like do this? I, I feel like I am a, a hack at this. And <laughs> if it wasn't for the, you know, I, I, I put out... I put out the list of credits the other day uh, when I when I when I listed who all worked on this album because it's what we're releasing right now is four out of twelve tracks uh, of this full album right now. But out of the twelve tracks, I lost count at how many people had put their hand uh, on this, and mm-hmm. so I, I really wanted people to see that. I wanted them to know um, that this is more than just me. Um, and if it wasn't for, I only bring that up to say, if it wasn't for other songwriters, sometimes I don't even feel like, you know, would I even be any good at mm. this? Uh, and th- there are, f- there's a few songs. Actually, I think there's only two songs that only I specifically wrote on my own on this record. Cause I, I went from a point, you know, everybody starts out in a way where, uh, they, they either start out just, Maybe not everyone. I, I, I say I say everyone, but most people start out writing songs on their own, either with their guitar or their piano, and it's just them. And you know, you kind of figure out how how you want to write a song. And so, like a lot of the very first songs I wrote were just me and my acoustic guitar. And you know, I I, I thought some of them were were pretty good. And as I go along over the years, and um, you know, have some heartbreaks and some, uh, some, some hills and valleys. Uh, there are days where I struggle. Hmm. Uh, I, I look back 10 years and I'm like, wow, I was a really terrible songwriter back then. But then there was, I wouldn't, you know, that's really harsh. Uh, but I, I look back and, and I see some gold nuggets and I'm like, wow, that still communicates really well. And I don't know hmm. why I beat myself up so much today. It's just, it, as as a songwriter, I feel like, and I tell people this all the time, it's not a perfect analogy. Uh, I live in the world of, of analogies as a writer, but like, <laughs> I feel like that's all I do. My wife gets so mad at me, like, can you not talk in analogies? I don't understand <laughs> metaphors. Uh, right. But uh, but it's like it's like going to bat, you know, going 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 and trying to hit baseballs. Mm-hmm. Like you you will miss nine out of ten times, <laughs> you know. One out of every ten, and sometimes even less than that, are are there songs that you personally think are worth pursuing to give, like, you know, to to shed some light on? And then there's some songs that you decide to give a chance for whatever reason, and you think this can't possibly like like speak to anyone or minister to anyone. And then it's sometimes those songs that people are just so touched by. And so like, and you're like, okay, I, either I know what I'm doing or I don't know what I'm doing because I apparently wrote a good song, but I didn't recognize it. 
So like there's that push and pull too. So I, I just to even convolute the whole question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I struggle, you know. Well, and you know what? It's, I, that's interesting to me too because I've, I'm, I'm coming up on 400 episodes of this podcast and not everybody has been songwriters, but there's been a lot. I've not, I've lost track. And, uh, and almost all of them give me an answer similar to that when, when you just said about, um, you know, the song that you didn't think was your best one was the one that somebody just went, oh man, that touched me <laughs> like crazy, yeah. you know? And, uh, and I, I just wonder if sometimes too, as, as we write and dedicate our craft to the Lord in, in what we're doing, I wonder if sometimes there just seems to be certain songs that for whatever reason God has his hand upon to use. And sometimes it's for, uh, that person that needs to hear it that, that we didn't even necessarily recognize. And I think that's sort of the beauty of what the Holy Spirit will do sometimes. I often think, whether it be a sermon, whether it be um, not even music, it can be another form of art or uh, mm-hmm. a different message. I think so often the Holy Spirit will interpret what we're saying to be right where somebody needs it to be. And, and what an honor when something that we've been a part of writing you know, can be used in that way. I mean, what a what a cool thing that, and, and I and I've heard it again and again, just like you just described a few moments ago. <laughs> and maybe that's part of the, maybe that's partly God uh, keeping us humble and, and saying, see this this one that you didn't think was that good. I, I'll I'm going to use that one, and the one that you think is so great, <laughs> it may not get the reaction you want. You know, <laughs> it may not. Get, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I feel like I've gotten that one, that second one, a lot more. The one that I thought was so great turns yeah. out it ain't that hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, we've all been there for sure. But but no, I and I really enjoy the music you write. And 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 by the way, that that line, uh, "Run right at the mountain like it's already moved." That's one of those that goes in the category of "I wish I had written that one." You know, that's that's a great <laughs> line. I mean, it really is. And I I'd love to ask you too. What are what are you? Every songwriter seems to have a little bit different habit when it comes to writing songs i know some people um they're almost um almost like john wesley would wake up every morning for prayer and study like in the early hours of morning there are some writers that are like i am that rigid rigid that every day i get up and you know 5 a.m i start for two hours of writing you know <laughs> and then there's yeah. other people then there's others that uh, and I fit this category more, especially during COVID. It's like, well, there's another album coming up, so I better get to writing and, and, and go <laughs> at it for like, you know, a month nonstop. And then I have to take a break. But I'd love to know what are what are some of your songwriting habits and, and maybe some of the, the things that you've uh, tried as a practice over the years just to make yourself a better writer? Well, it's changed over the years. Uh, early on starting, I really like I care I was I was the brooding type that carried around a moleskin <laughs> all yeah. the time and a pen and I would just write everything down all the time uh at first it was I didn't feel like I could write a song unless I was by myself in my office sitting with a cup of coffee you know just enough had my computer out had my bible out had my moleskin out had my pen my <laughs> guitar in my lap and this is how it's done it's the only way it's done Right. And I would just crank out a song, like one song a day kind of thing, mm-hmm. and whether it was good or not. And then I, I kind of just got away from that, uh, probably a discipline I should get back to. Um, and uh, I guess it was about 10, 2010, um, I actually, I got sick, uh, not, not, uh, not like 
I, I wasn't about to die or anything, but um, I, I did get I did get sick enough, and I did get pretty close to death in 2010. I, I was overweight and uh, had an injury that I needed a surgery for, uh, but I couldn't afford it. Um, mm. And by the time I got this surgery, my immune system had basically tanked, uh, and I developed gout in every joint in my body, which is kind of rare, by the way. And I had a cellulitis infection and and I, and I nearly did, I nearly died in 2010. And so like before that I had kind of been burned out and trying to write songs. And when God kind of pulled me through that and I experienced some healing, I was just like, okay, I don't want to live like life like this as you know, at 10 years ago as a 24 year old, uh, trapped in a 90 year old's body is what it felt like. And I I was like, I don't want to live like this anymore. And so I started doing things to get healthier physically. Uh, and at the same time, spiritually, I started reading more. Um, I started trying to run and exercise. Actually I did. I I started running 10 years ago and those kind of disciplines are, are what started making me take my discipline of writing songs a little more seriously. Hmm. And, so I started writing these songs and it, it almost always seems to be like I have a crop of songs come up right as an album cycle turns over. I mm-hmm. wish I could say I was the person that like I love writing every writing a song every single day yeah. uh, and that like even if I'm not inspired, I'm just, you know, grinding it out like a machine or something. But mm-hmm. I, I'm one of those people that if if I don't feel the inspiration. I, I, I know, I know this when I have songs that are inspired, they're the kind that like I'm playing still 10 years later when they're the kind that I'm cranking out like a machine, they might be a hit on the radio, but I may not be playing them in five years kind of Hmm. thing. And so I, I, I I just go, there are times where I, 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 it's like a whole month to three months straight that I'm just a machine cranking songs out and I love it. And then I burn myself out on it and I'm like, I need a break from this. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's usually, it usually times out right, uh, in that I'm, I'm usually on tour by then, but like, I, I don't know, like the, the habits that I have change, but the thing that's always consistent back to your original question, the thing that's always consistent has been, I, I need to be reading the word, uh, to be informed, to be inspired, and I always need a good cup of coffee. And that's <laughs> that has never changed since day one for me. Very good. No, that's that's great to hear because uh, I, everybody, as I say, I think everybody has a little bit of a different habit, and I tend to be um, a, a little bit more like that myself. In that, uh, especially if I have. Um, a project coming up or something I'm planning on and I'm and I I really have to sometimes make myself buckle down and be and be like sometimes like, yeah sometimes it is but then there are other days that it just feels like it flows so well yeah. and, and I want to write more the next day and then you have those days where you feel like am I ever going to write a song again you know like yeah. am I done and it's it's just interesting the cycle of of songwriting for so many people and um, but I but I do think too it's it's interesting that uh, the the more that we're centered in our kind of making a habit of our prayer and Bible study life too I think that songs will become an outgrowth eventually of that whether we are yeah. uh, sitting down to actually write it at the time I, so many times I find 
um, that I've, you know, because I've got a pen with me or my phone or something, uh, and I've been dwelling on something for a while, uh, sometimes for days and weeks at a time that I've been wrestling with through scripture or reading something like Thomas Merton or something like that, uh, ideas will flow, you know, eventually into something that's creative and, and useful. And, uh, but I'm always fascinated by, by other writers and, and the route they take. Well, well, you know, what I'd love to do is, is, uh, dive into one of your songs actually the song we just listened to and i already told you that uh the lyric i really love you know run right at the mountain like it's already moved uh, i think it's yeah. one of those songwriter lines that a lot of songwriters will look at and go exactly man that sh that should have been mine why didn't i think of that you know <laughs> so good <laughs> but you know i i want to ask you just right down to brass tacks because we also are not only writers and people who lead worship but but we work with people as well and and I know you're a worship leader at your church mm -hmm. and so we come in contact with um, with people who really have these real struggles and when we talk about mountains that people are facing it, it's a metaphor but it's a metaphor I think so many people can relate to I mean we're, we're in kind of a time of life right now where so many people in our country they just have these huge mountains they can't overcome, you know, right now, whether it be COVID or financial problems, businesses shutting down, um, you know, just just divided family uh, due to politics or whatever. Um, and there are these mountains, you know, that they're real big. And so I think it takes a lot of confidence and courage to come out and sing a song like this one. You know, it's, I mean, you're really yeah. proclaiming Matthew 17 where, you know, say to the mountain, move from here and it will get up and move. Yep. So my question to you, what, what do you say to a person? And I, I haven't given you any chance to think about this at all. But what if, <laughs> nope. a, what if, but what if a person comes up to you um, and doesn't give you a chance to think about it? It's after maybe one of your performances or after a Sunday morning service when you've been leading worship. And they say, what about this thing that I have been praying about so hard that needs to move? <laughs> you know, yeah. I've been praying that my marriage won't fall apart, and yet it did. And I've been praying that, you know, all these, these different things that people can point to and go, um, this is what my mountain was. And you know what? I ran at it, and I smacked right into it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. What kind of what kind of answer do you give? Because I I find myself in those situations where where we pray these songs of faith and we do believe them. It's not that we don't mm -hmm. don't believe them in any way. But I wonder what happens when you know how do you approach it when somebody comes up and and maybe with a heavy heart and says, "I thought I did that." You know, I just yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Well, my first answer to that question is my as a confession, and the first part is this. I didn't specifically write that line in the song. Oh. And so because and, and this is why that's important. Because of that, I he sent me the idea and it, he had already written that part. So mm. my friend Jonathan, he had already written that part. And okay. I wrestled with that part for days. He asked me if I wanted to finish writing the song and I was like I was like, well, "Let me get back with you on it." And then I listened to it. And I was like, "Man, I don't know." And because uh, there have been times in my life personally where I've asked God to remove mountains, where I've asked God to remove uh, things out of my way. And for whatever reason, he chose not to. Hmm. And so I struggled with that. And I was like, 
like what and I, and I got on the phone with him I was like so what are we what are, what are we trying to say like and it's just like you said in the Matthew 17 thing where God says that you, you know you <laughs> you can tell that mountain to to move and it'll move uh, mm-hmm. and so like Jesus says that and it's it's true then that's that's the truth for one so that that's one part but the second thing is I don't know why God didn't choose to remove those mountains in my life. But I know that I'm going to trust him. Like I believe that if another mountain comes in my way, he will move it. Like if another Goliath is standing in the way, he'll Mm -hmm. remove him. Um, I'm living like that now. I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but if it's going to happen, the only way it will is with Christ. Right. Mm. So, and I had to internally do that dialogue with myself and I had to pray to God. I'm like, okay, God, if I'm going to sing this and declare this to people, like I really need to believe it myself. I really need to know that that's the truth mm-hmm. because I can't stand up on a stage and tell people this night after night and not even be able to declare it with honesty, with authenticity. And that's one of the things I think uh, being a little bit older than a lot of us, <laughs> it sounds weird because I'm only 34, but like uh, being a little bit older than a lot of the songwriters that are being signed and and uh, put out on the road today is like there's a little bit of wisdom that I, 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 I take a step back and I'm like, okay, this song sounds good and it feels good, but is it true, right? Yeah. Um, and if there wasn't scripture to back that up, I wouldn't sing it. Uh, right. And, I, and I, I guess that's really more of my answer because I – I got off the phone with him and I talked to my wife and I said, and I remember this, I remember singing a song and uh, th- these, this memory from, I think it was last year or it might've might been 2018, but it was the month of uh, March. Yeah, it was March. Okay. Uh, there was a night we were in Ohio and I, I had performed a song and it's a song I'll talk about here in a minute. And a lady had shared with me that she had lost her daughter to cancer mm-hmm. after that. And I'm like, that's a mountain that doesn't seem like it was moved in her life. Wow. And then a couple of weeks later after that, uh, I was playing in Wisconsin and this lady stood at the back of the line. Uh, and I've told the story to other people before, but she stood at the back of the line and I was just kind of wondering like, you know, what, what, what she's doing waiting. She was letting other people pass by so I could sign autographs for them and they could get t-shirts and stuff like that. And she waited till the end to, to thank me. Um, and I had found out, uh, from, from a guy that knew her that was there. He said, he said, that girl over there, she drove four hours to be here tonight. Um, and she told me that night that my music had encouraged her that one of the songs that she had heard on the radio so much was, was what was helping her get through because her entire family was killed in a car crash, oh, like her my. husband and children. And I'm like, how do I go on a stage? This is real. This, this is reality. Like, you know, you hear the thing on, on radio about the people that I heard the song and it changed my life and mm-hmm. I stopped myself from doing this. I believe those things are real, yeah. but you get so desensitized to them when you hear the ads on the radio sure. until you see those people in real life and they're telling you their stories. And suddenly the weight of that, the responsibility, the, I, I don't know how else to put it, but the yeah. responsibility and the, the holiness of that, of that platform, like, there is no position, there is no place for you to speak, uh, for me to speak untruths. 
So if I'm going to declare that when our father makes a promise, it's already done, like whether that's done here on earth or whether that's done in heaven, um, I don't know, but I do know this, that you can trust God no matter what. And I, I've had things that happened in my life, like I said earlier, that like didn't make sense and the mountains weren't moved. But I also can point to other things in my life where God absolutely just like obliterated the mountains. So yeah. I yeah. look to the hope, to the things that I can see that he has been, that he has done and he has always been good in, whether it has been the outcome that I thought it should be or whether it was the outcome that it was supposed to be all along, yeah. negative or positive. So great. that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, <laughs> no, and that's, and that's a great answer. And that, and I think that again, that helps maybe people understand too, the struggle that I think authentic songwriters go through when they're putting things out there, especially when we're making difficult statements of, of faith like that. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I was thinking about your song and, and I, I don't know who said it, but I remember it being said before that, um, you know, maybe there comes a moment where we have to quit talking to God about the mountain and start talking to the mountain about who God is, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and just saying, you know what, I don't know how this mountain moves. It doesn't look like it's going to, but all I can do is trust that there's a God who's big enough to do it. And whether he, whether he drags me over the mountain or <laughs> whatever happens, <laughs> I've, I've got to just trust that somehow he's, he's not left this situation and it's so hard, but, um, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that's so um, challenging, I think, at times to write about songs. I, you know, I had something happen um, yesterday in church. We've we've entered into, uh, you know, it's November, so we start thinking a little bit more about Thanksgiving type songs, you know, and yeah. how can we say thanks a little more in this month? And I was singing um, the song by by Paul Balash. I was leading the Thank You Lord, and there's mm -hmm. a line in that song, and again, it is it is a scripture song. Um, and there's a line that says, uh, you took my sin and my shame, you took my sickness and healed all my pain. And, uh, and I knew that morning that, uh, there's a lady in the church that we just buried her husband two, two days before who died of cancer. And, oh. uh, and so yeah. again, I, I was left with this, like, wow, do we sing that today of, you know, you took yeah. my sickness and healed all my pain. And, and I actually did a, a thing you're not really supposed to do, but uh, Paul's a friend of mine, so I decided I get I could do it. And I actually I changed the words just to say, "You took my sickness and entered my pain," you know, and, yeah. and just for that Sunday morning time. But but I do think it is something we struggle with sometimes, and it's it's hard to sometimes be sensitive to everybody in our congregation yeah. and and think, "Wow, what's this person going through today? How are they going to hear that today?" And then and the it's other even side. More it's even more amplified when it's on the radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, now these are these are good things to to like struggle with though, and I'm so glad you know it's it's good to know that writers struggle with with that sort of thing when they're writing these songs. I think sometimes people just think uh, songwriters just kind of churn these things out, and there yeah. there it is. But I do think just that flippantly cast things out there yeah yeah and, and i don't and this helps people understand maybe that are listening tonight if if they're not writers kind of what what goes through and how how writers will pour over every line of a song to make sure you know what yeah. they're singing is accurate and how is this going to be heard by people that maybe need to hear it in this time so so that's great thanks thanks for letting us dive in a little bit deeper into to one of your songs tonight for sure 
you know, let me ask you a question real quick, and, and it's another songwriting thing, and then I, I want to get back to, as we close our conversation uh, together, I want to get back to one of your songs again. Uh, but I've mentioned a couple times tonight about, um, you know, lyrics I wish I would have written, you know. I wonder if, if you as an artist, because I, I think we probably all have those writers and lines where we think, oh, that's such a, a good line. I, I, for you personally, um, what's a, a line that for you that you go, man, I wish I would have, have written that or maybe somebody else's song? And it doesn't have to be in the Christian realm. It can just be, you know, kind of any song where you go, man, that's a good lyric. I, I wish I would have come up with that type thing. It's 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 a cheesy one. It's the one that I remember. I love so much music. Um, but the other night, uh, actually, just the past couple of weeks, because I, I, even though COVID has been going on, I, I still have been like actively traveling to places, whether by flying or driving, uh, mm. to small congregations and, and, and leading worship for, for guest worship spots and stuff like that. So it hasn't been super busy, but there's been some stuff going on. So I've, I've updated my playlist. <laughs> so, uh, the only reason I bring that up and a lot of the, a lot of the music that I've been listening to lately has been like stuff that I grew up on. And I think there's this study that says whatever you listen to when you were 13 or 14, you think is the best music ever. I just think it's the best music ever, period. But uh, <laughs> like between the periods of 1997 and 1999 is some of my favorite music. And um, I, I just remember hearing this line and, and it's a song. It's definitely not in the, in the Christian spectrum, but I remember hearing this song for the very first time. Uh, in 1998, sitting in the back of my sister's 1986 Ford Crown Victoria, leaving the skating rink in uh, Alabama, headed home. And it was a song called Closing Time. And it yeah. was by a band named Semisonic. And sure. uh, the line says, every new beginning is uh, becomes some other beginning's end. And that line just like, simultaneously broke my brain and, and like opened something at the same time. And so I was listening to it again the other day with fresh ears, you know, like it's, mm -hmm. it's been what 22 years since I heard that song for the very first time. And that song gives me so many vivid memories, like the, the plush red upholstery and this nasty old Ford crown Victoria, um, the smell of the air, the lights, everything that night. Uh, just that the lyrics give me these vivid memories of everything that was going on that night. But I, I just remember that line, like every new beginning, it comes from some other beginnings end and how, you know, how true that was. And, and that, that just made an impact on me at, you know, how old was I in 1990? I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah. Subtract 22 from 34. Uh, <laughs> so like it, it was, that that's one of those lines that like to this day that I'm like, man, I wish I wrote that. Like, yeah. that's such a good line. You know, it, it's yeah. a pop song. I know it is, but like, it is what it is. Judge me, I guess. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. And you know what? Just because it's a pop song doesn't mean it, it's not well crafted for sure. And that's, you know, there's a reason that that one's still played on the radio and people hear it on, you know, it'll be on TV shows and everything. There has to and be on, something. And in, that... in Bed Bath & Beyond in the grocery store. And I'm like, yeah, this playlist is my jam. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, and you know, I and I was thinking of one too. Mine, mine's a little more somber than yours, but there's there's a song for me that I just think, honestly, the whole song I think is crafted in an amazing way, and and it's a a song by Death Cab for Cutie. Uh, and I don't know if you're familiar with this song or not, but there's 
one that's about a person that's dying in an ICU ward called What Sarah Said. Uh, mm. I don't know if you've ever heard that song or not. It's it's kind of one of the tracks that probably didn't get a lot of radio play. Um, but the whole song just goes into like painstaking description of waiting around the bed of a loved one that's passing away. And uh, and and you would think, wow, what a what a weird thing to write a song about. But I mean, it goes into it goes into everything like describing the vending machines in the hallways and years old magazines and things like that that are, you know, that you see in a hospital. But the the crux yeah. of the song, it, to me, it's it's almost a um, it's almost a line that that screams the gospel in many ways because the end of the song says, um, "But I'm thinking of what Sarah said that love is watching someone die. So who's gonna watch you die?" And the song just closes with wow. that line of, "So who's going to watch you die?" You know this whole this whole line, and I think, what a profound thing, like to think about like that somebody somebody decided i'm not going to write something easy and cheesy right now i'm gonna i'm gonna go to a topic none of us want to think about and then we're gonna ask this hard question of like what does it mean to really love somebody like to really love them through thick and thin and then to love them to that point and i just have always thought like that that to me sounds like a very Jesus-centered thing of like that we would wait with someone and in, in, in those hours of need and in those time and share that kind of love. So anyway, yeah, we could probably go on and on about song lyrics and stuff, and, and I would love to do that. But I want to get back to your song, and I appreciate you sharing yours with me because I that that is a great line. I don't I think that I think you have a good choice. You don't have to worry about it being cheesy <laughs> at all. I think it's good. Um, Thanks. Uh, we're we're gonna close tonight by talking about another one of your songs that's that's on your new release called It's Okay. But I do want to let listeners know that if they'll go to uh, VoicesInMyHeadPodcast.com, I'm gonna make sure and have all of uh, of Joel's uh, web links on on that web page when this episode releases. So you'll be able to get to his website and music videos. And uh, there's actually a great uh, interview with Joel in American Songwriter Magazine uh, that we're gonna have a link to as well and just different links like that so i want all of our listeners to know if, if you just want an easy click or you can go to joelvonmusic.com that's that's probably even easier but <laughs> but if they want to come to my podcast first i'd appreciate it um but i would love if if you could because there's another really great song that has a great song story um that's called it's okay that i i want to close our time out together with but it goes along a lot, I think, with some, some things we've been talking about here tonight and struggling with those hard places of life and, and music that can hopefully make a difference and reach into those places. I wonder if you'd mind telling us the story behind the song It's Okay, and, and then we're going to close out by playing it. Yeah, so uh, 10 years ago, I worked at a church in Amarillo, Texas, uh, and I was out to lunch. Um, I, I came back from lunch and didn't realize that there was a funeral on schedule. So, you know, I left, uh, I was gone for maybe an hour, came back and I see all these cars and I see the hearse there. And I was like, Oh, I did not realize that there was, you know, this going on and for couldn't get in on the or the office door. So I had to go through the front, which was kind of awkward. Um, mm. uh, it's a it's a pretty big church building, um, uh, so I had to go through the front. I walk through the front doors, and I, I see the easel with the picture of the young lady who had passed away, and I see our care pastor, uh, Roger, standing there. And as I'm walking by, just 
kind of curiosity peaked because I was like, wow, she looked really young. And I, I asked Roger, I said, I was like, Hey, uh, you know, how old was she? What's, what's the story? And, uh, he told me her name and I, I can't remember her name to be perfectly honest, but, uh, he told me she was 24 and that she had died of a brain tumor. Mm. And I, I was just like, wow. Cause at that time I was 24 and it just kind of hit me hard. And so I'm standing there, uh, and I'm at the back of the room and the auditorium of our church it seats, you know, around a thousand. Um, and so I, I'm not in the auditorium. I'm in the foyer and I'm peeking in uh, to the auditorium. And I see this little boy uh, sitting at the back of the room. He's like three or four years old and he's sitting in the, in the floor in the middle in between the chairs uh, at the very back of the room. But he's, he doesn't have anybody with him. And so I remember asking Roger, like, who is that? And he said, that's her son. And I, I my heart broke for him immediately. And I, and I noticed that, you know, there wasn't anyone really around. There were lots of people in, in the auditorium for her funeral. Uh, but there was no one with him. And I, I said, where's his dad? I, I, and I don't even know why I asked. I was just like, you know, where, where's his dad? And he said, uh, well, apparently his dad had run off. And so his dad had left them while she was sick and she had died. And so he was left all on his own. And I remember him sitting there. uh, He was playing with some toys. And so I just stood there kind of like dumbfounded, like, my gosh, like he's an orphan and he has to go through life like this. And he lost his mom. Like, and I, and I remember the closeness that I had with my mother and how much I love my mom and she's still here. Um, but this kid is left all alone. And so my heart just broke. And, uh, even now, 10 years later, I have a four year old son. Um, and I can't even imagine, you know, I, I don't want to imagine that for him. Uh, but so I, right after that happened, I, uh, just felt the Lord pressing on me to just, say something and I and I was like I'm gonna go up to my office uh and so I went up to my office and instead of finishing out what I had to do for that day which is getting together set lists and and contacting volunteers probably should have been working I decided to write this song it just kind of came out and so the Lord pressed on me you know this is what I would write to him this is what I would say to this kid if I had a chance and uh this the whole story behind it is just or for him is, is that it's going to be okay through times of pain and sorrow that Jesus is holding you through it all. And that's really all I would want to say to him. And really that song has kind of taken on a new life. Uh, yeah. cause I re- I started playing it again two years ago, kind of as in a, in a fluke way, we were playing our fun pop songs on stage in Toledo, Ohio, and the tracks quit working. Uh, which is kind of funny. Um, like we're all jumping around, dancing and, and whatever and having fun playing these fun songs that are meant for radio and suddenly mm-hmm. there's a lights and everything just quit. And so I was like, wow. well, I, I jokingly said, well, I, I guess we're done. And everybody laughed. There's only, there's about 600 people there. And so <laughs> I said, uh, who wants to hear some acoustic songs? And then everybody just roared and I was like, I guess I'm playing acoustic songs. Yeah. And so I played two songs and then just off the cuff, I decided, you know what, I, I'm going to play this song again because I just feel like the Lord is leading me to. And so I, I played that song. It's OK again that night. And it had been, you know, eight years since I had written it. 
and uh, or nine years. Um, I think it was last year that this happened. It might, it must have been last year. Anyway, it was either nineteen or eighteen. I'll, it feels like twenty twenty has been ten years. Yeah, in my I life, know. So I can't even I remember. Know. Every uh, month is a year. That's for sure. <laughs> so anyway, like I played this song, and that's the night uh, that you know uh, several people came up to me and told me what that song meant to them, and so I started playing it again at every show, night after night, and story after story started pouring in, and so I was like, this seems like a really important song um, that. Like, although it's sad and it's full of sorrow, for some reason it gives people hope. Um, and so I, I've played it as often as I can. And I thought, you know, I need to record, re-record this and, and get it out there to the world so more people can hear it because apparently it's a bigger deal than I thought it was. Um, yeah. So that's really the story behind it. Yeah. Well, it's a great tune, and I again, I want to congratulate you on the new release. Um, you, you've had a number of great songs over the years, and, and these are no exception, so I'm glad to be able to share some of them on the show tonight. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to get to visit with you, and uh, we're going to close the show by playing the song you were just talking about, It's Okay. And as I say to my guests every week, Joel Vaughn, thank you for being one of the voices in my head this week. Thank you.
Bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head.